Epistle 39 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian, translated by Robert Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 39 to the people concerning five schismatic presbyters of the faction of Philesimus. Argument. In like manner, as in the epistle, but one before this, Cyprian told the clergy, so now he tells the people that Philesimus is to be avoided, together with the five presbyters of his faction, who not only granted peace to the lapsed without any discrimination, but stirred up sedition and schism against himself. Cyprian, to the people, greeting. Although, dearest brethren, Vertius, a most faithful and upright presbyter, and also Rogatianus and Numidicus, presbyters, confessors, and illustrious, by the glory of the divine condensation, and also the deacons, good men and devoted to the ecclesiastical administration in all its duties, with the other ministers, afford you the full attention of their presence, and do not cease to confirm individuals by their assiduous exhortations, and, moreover, to govern and reform the minds of the lapsed by their wholesome counsels. Yet, as much as I can, I admonish, and as I can, I visit you with my letters. By my letters, I say, Dearest brethren, for the malignity and treachery of certain of the presbyters has accomplished this, that I should not be allowed to come to you before Easter Day, since mindful of their conspiracy and retaining that ancient venom against my episcopate, that is, against your suffrage and God's judgment, they renew their old attack upon me, and once more begin their sacrilegious machinations with their accustomed craft, and, indeed, of God's providence, neither by our wish nor desire, nay, although we were forgiving and silent, they have suffered the punishment which they had deserved, so that, not cast out by us, they of their own accord have cast themselves out. They themselves, before their own conscience, have passed sentence on themselves in accordance with your suffrages and the divine. These conspirators and evil men of their own accord have driven themselves from the church. Now it has appeared whence came the faction of Felicimus, on what route and by what strength it stood. These men supplied in former times encouragement and exhortations to certain confessors, not to agree with their bishop, not to maintain the ecclesiastical discipline with faith and quietness according to the Lord's precepts, not to keep the glory of their confession with an uncorrupt and unspotted conversation, and lest it should be too little to have corrupted the minds of certain confessors, and to have wished to arm a portion of our broken fraternity against God's priesthood. They have now turned their attention with their envenomed deceitfulness to the ruin of the lapsed, to turn away from the healing of their wound the sick and the wounded, and those who, by the misfortune of their fall, are less fit and less sturdy to take stronger counsel, and invite them, by the falsehood of a fallacious peace, to a fatal rashness, leaving off prayers and supplications, whereby, with long and continual satisfaction, the Lord is to be appeased. But I pray you, brethren, watch against the snares of the devil, and, taking care for your own salvation, be diligently on your guard against this death-bearing fallacy. This is another persecution and another temptation. Those five presbyters are none other than the five leaders who were lately associated with the magistrates in an edict, that they might overthrow our faith 
that they might turn away the feeble hearts of the brethren to their deadly nets by the prevarication of the truth. Now the same scheme, the same overturning, is again brought about by the five presbyters linked with Philisimus to the destruction of salvation, that God should not be besought, and that he who has denied Christ should not appeal for mercy to the same Christ whom he had denied, that after the fault of the crime, repentance also should be taken away, and that the Lord should not be appeased through bishops and priests, but that the Lord's priests being forsaken, a new tradition of sacrilegious appointment should arise, contrary to the evangelical discipline. And although it was once arranged as well by us as by the confessors and the city clergy, and moreover by all the bishops appointed either in our province or beyond the sea, that no novelty should be introduced in respect of the case of the lapsed unless we all assembled into one place, and our councils being compared, should decide upon a moderate sentence, tempered alike with discipline and with mercy, against this our council they have rebelled, and all priestly authority and power is destroyed by factious conspiracies. What sufferings do I now endure, dearest brethren, that I myself am not able to come to you at the present juncture, that I myself cannot approach you, each one, that I myself cannot exhort you according to the teaching of the Lord and of his gospel. An exile of now two years was not sufficient, and a mournful separation from you, from your countenance, and from your sight, continual grief and lamentation, which, in my loneliness without you, tears me to pieces with my constant mourning, nor my tears flowing day and night, that there is not even an opportunity for the priest whom you made with so much love and eagerness to greet you, nor to be enfolded in your embraces. This greater grief is added to my worn spirit, that in the midst of so much solicitude and necessity, I am not able myself to hasten to you, since, by the threats and by the snares of perfidious men, we are anxious that on our coming a greater tumult may not arise there. And so, although the bishop ought to be careful for peace and tranquility in all things, he himself should seem to have afforded material for sedition and to have embittered persecution anew. Hence, however, beloved brethren, I not only admonish but counsel you, not rashly to trust to mischievous words, nor to yield an easy consent to deceitful sayings, nor to take darkness for light, night for day, hunger for food, thirst for drink, poison for medicine, death for safety. Let not the age nor the authority deceive you of those who, answering to the ancient wickedness of the two elders, as they attempted to corrupt and violate the chaste Susanna, are thus also attempting with their adulterous doctrines to corrupt the chastity of the church and violate the truth of the gospel. The Lord cries aloud, saying, quote, Hearken not unto the words of the false prophets, for the visions of their own hearts deceive them. They speak, but not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say to them that despise the word of the Lord, ye shall have peace. End quote. They are now offering peace who have not peace themselves. They are promising to bring back and recall the lapsed into the church who themselves have departed from the church. There is one God, and Christ is one, and there is one church, and one chair founded upon the rock by the word of the Lord. Another altar cannot be constituted or a new priesthood be made, except the one altar and the one priesthood. 
Whosoever gathereth elsewhere, scattereth. Whatsoever is appointed by human madness, so that the divine disposition is violated, is adulterous, is impious, is sacrilegious. Depart far from the contagion of men of this kind, and flee from their words, avoiding them as a cancer and a plague, as the Lord warns you and says, quote, They are blind leaders of the blind, but if the blind lead the blind, they shall both fall into the ditch. End quote. They intercept your prayers, which you pour forth with us to God day and night, to appease him with a righteous satisfaction. They intercept your tears, with which you wash away the guilt of the sin you have committed. They intercept the peace, which you truly and faithfully ask from the mercy of the Lord, and they do not know that it is written, quote, And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, that hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, shall be put to death. End quote. Let no one, beloved brethren, make you to err from the ways of the Lord. Let no one snatch you, Christians, from the gospel of Christ. Let no one take sons of the church away from the church. Let them perish alone for themselves who have wished to perish. Let them remain outside the church alone who have departed from the church. Let them alone be without bishops who have rebelled against bishops. Let them alone undergo the penalties of their conspiracies who formerly, according to your votes and now according to God's judgment, have deserved to undergo the sentence of their own conspiracy and malignity. The Lord warns us in his gospel, saying, quote, Ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may establish your own tradition. End quote. Let them who reject the commandment of God and endeavor to keep their own tradition be bravely and firmly rejected by you. Let one downfall be sufficient for the lapsed. Let no one by his fraud hurl down those who wish to rise. Let no one cast down more deeply and depress those who are down, on whose behalf we pray that they may be raised up by God's hand and arm. Let no one turn away from all hope of safety those who are half alive and entreating that they may receive their former health. Let no one extinguish every light of the way of salvation to those that are wavering in the darkness of their laps. The apostle instructs us, saying, quote, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words of our Lord Jesus Christ and his doctrine, he is lifted up with foolishness. From such withdraw thyself. End quote. And again he says, quote, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. End quote. There is no reason that you should be deceived with vain words and begin to be partakers of their depravity. Depart from such, I entreat you, and acquiesce in our counsels who daily pour out for your continual prayers to the Lord, who desire that you should be recalled to the church by the clemency of the Lord, who pray for the fullest peace from God, first for the mother and then for her children. Join also your petitions and prayers with our prayers and petitions. Mingle your tears with our wailings. Avoid the wolves who separate the sheep from the shepherd. Avoid the envenomed tongue of the devil, who from the beginning of the world, always deceitful and lying, lies that he may deceive, cajoles that he may injure, promises good that he may give evil, promises life that he may put to death. Now also his words are evident, 
and his poisons are plain. He promises peace in order that peace may not possibly be attained. He promises salvation that he who has sinned may not come to salvation. He promises a church when he so contrives that he who believes him may utterly perish apart from the church. It is now the occasion, dearly beloved brethren, both for you who stand fast to persevere bravely and to maintain your glorious stability, which you kept in persecution with a continual firmness. And if any of you, by the circumvention of the adversary, have fallen, that in this second temptation you should faithfully take counsel for your hope and your peace, and in order that the Lord may pardon you, that you should not depart from the priests of the Lord, since it is written, quote, And the man that will do presumptuously, and will not hearken unto the priest or unto the judge, that shall be in those days, even that man shall die. End quote. Of this persecution, this is the latest and final temptation, which itself also, by the Lord's protection, shall quickly pass away so that I shall be again presented to you after Easter day with my colleagues, who, being present, we shall be able as well to arrange as to complete the matters which require to be done according to your judgment, and to the general advice of all of us, as it has been decided before. But if anybody refusing to repent, and to make satisfaction to God, shall yield to the party of Lysimus and his satellites, and shall join himself to the heretical faction, let him know that he cannot afterwards return to the church and communicate with the bishops and the people of Christ. I bid you, dearest brethren, ever heartily farewell, and that you plead with me in continual prayer that the mercy of God may be entreated. End of Epistle 39 Read by David Ronald